Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Twelve thirty-six in Edmonton. Back here on Oilers now. Brendan Ulrich with you, and for Bob Stoffer for a few more days. Bob will be back on Monday, and then he'll be full tilt until the start of the regular season. Mark Spector joins us every Thursday on Oilers Now in the summer, every Tuesday during the season. Brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. HRA celebrate the biggest day in Western Canadian racing, the 89th running of the Canadian Derby. This Saturday at Northlands Park. And we also have a four-pack of tickets to give away here, Mark. So we're looking forward to that. Yes, absolutely. It's a wonderful day. Uh, Derby Day is lots of fun. I've been going the last few years. And, uh, you know, people put hats on. They dress up. Pretty cool card. Uh, And, of course, you get to watch the Derby, which is uh, fabulous to see horses of that magnitude, right? Racing is really cool. And uh, this isn't just your general admission tickets. This is the infield experience as well, which uh, is really a lot of fun and uh, very unique. Yeah, Good view. Lots of fun, for sure. You have to go into that private tunnel and you feel like a celebrity or something when you go down there. And then all of a sudden you're out in this, you're like, wow, this is a whole new world over here in the infield experience. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> now, I'm going to say the private tunnel that was built like 75 <laughs> years ago isn't exactly the elite experience. No. But once you emerge cool. from it in the infield, now it gets really cool. Yeah. <laughs> sort of feels like you're in a tunnel to go out to like into a sporting event like you're coming out to play hockey or something yeah. so it's cool but uh, yeah not quite the uh, visual uh, underneath until you get outside of it but it is a cool event I know Jeff uh, emailed me a, a video that uh, he put together along with uh, Mike they produced uh, a feature on the two local Alberta bred horses in the Derby maybe I'll post a link uh, to that out on our Twitter account uh, as well but we're getting pumped up for this event on Saturday and we'll give away these four tickets at some point during this segment with uh, Mark Spector so what's new, Mark? Well, what's new? We're just kind of waiting to see what happens uh, since last we met, of course. Uh, I'm not sure. That, uh, I believe that we had Sekra's injury. We've uh, seen they signed Yerebek. 
for uh, a million bucks, which seems like a lot to me. Just saying to push your mic up a little bit. Sounds a little hollow. Okay. There we go. That's uh, good. They signed Yarabuk for a million bucks, which I thought was, uh, you know, kind of 20% high. Uh, but that seems to be uh, something that happens. And, you know, what else? I am not in any way, shape, or form surprised that Brandon Davidson did not accept a PTO from the Oilers. Uh, I, I think the whole story is a little bizarre, frankly. I mean, the Oilers have had him twice and, and traded him twice. It's... It doesn't speak poorly of the Oilers, and it doesn't speak poorly of Brandon Davidson. They just, they don't, the people who run the Oilers twice in a row decided they didn't want Brandon Davidson in their roster. So, A, I'm a little surprised they'd even offer him a PTO, but I understand it, because he's a good player. But I am in no way surprised that he would choose to go. I'm sure he could get a PTO in 10 different places, right? He's still looking for a contract, which I get, but... uh, I would think that once a place, I know if I got fired twice by the same you know, radio station. I probably wouldn't send my resume there the third time, Brendan. Hey, you never know. It could <laughs> yeah, work, it could work out. Know. I think I would know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, anyways, Jarabek, um, I don't know. Don't know a lot about him. He won a Stanley Cup. He is, was a rookie in the NHL last year. Sort of got lost in the shuffle in Montreal. They didn't really have a top four there last year. So it was just a bunch of five sixes. And no one could really uh, stand out from the pack. He was traded to Washington. Won a cup there. Didn't play a whole lot there. Yeah. Um, two games in the playoffs. So we don't really know a whole lot about him. But it does sound like he moves the puck. He uh, makes crisp passes. I had him on the show yesterday, and uh, he said his childhood hero was Thomas Caberlet growing up. And I asked him if he's anything like Sekera. He said he didn't want to be Sekera, but he does sort of move the puck and plays a similar game to his. So I don't know. What what do you know about uh, Jerebeck? Have you asked any of your uh, sources, your scouts, anything else about him? Yeah, I mean, this is a, a defenseman who has been in the league long enough and not cracked uh, beyond the third pairing. Uh, and frankly, often a seventh defenseman. So I think that Oilers fans should be very realistic with this player. You know, don't think he comes here and slaps on an Oilers logo on his chest and becomes a number three or four, a second-pairing guy. He's never been that. Never been a second-pairing guy in his career here. So I would think it would be unfair to him to suspect that he could be, frankly. Uh, I think that Peter Chiarelli uh, and their Oilers scouts have looked at this guy and probably always somebody always thought, you know what, there's more in this guy. I think that we can get more out of him than everybody else has got. And every once in a while, you know, that player happens, right? Every once in a while, you know, the most famous would be Martin Saint-Louis. You know, the Flames waved him, right? <laughs> Everyone in the league could have had him and nobody wanted him. And then he turned into Martin Saint-Louis. So I'm not saying that the ceiling is that high on Yerbeck, uh, but... Uh, clearly, the Oilers think there's they can see more in this player than everyone else. But I am here to tell you that you know, I come from sort of the show me state. When I see a guy who's played this long as a third pairing number seven type guy, uh, it's always dangerous to say, "Well, he's going to be a number four. He's never been a number four yet." Yeah, I don't think he can replace what Secker did, but he can you know gobble up some of those minutes. And it was interesting. He had a bit of a uh, a breakout year in the KHL prior to coming over to the NHL. So maybe he sort of found his stride and uh, Montreal noticed him. They signed him, brought him over and now he'll uh, play his second year in the NHL this season and uh, we'll see where he slides in. I mean, there are a lot of guys battling for spots. At the very least it creates more competition and maybe it pushes down a guy like Bear to go back to the AHL. Maybe it pushes Bouchard back to the OHL I don't know but uh, at the very least it's not like okay we need to play Bear and Bouchard because no one else here if they all play Jarabek or if they all play Gravel then they'll likely make the roster but 
now there's more competition. I know that is fair. That is fair. There's more competition. I mean, you look at their defense and you go, you know, you go Clefbaum and Larson on your top pair. Well, the reality of that is that there's really, you know, I'm not sure that Oscar Clefbaum's not a number one defenseman per se. He's the number one defenseman in Edmonton. We can live with that. Uh, Larson's your number two here. That's fine. Uh, who's your second pair going to be? It's going to be Darnell Nurse when he signs, assuming he signs, which I'm sure he will. And fill in that blank. Is it Chris Russell? Is it, you know, Matt Benning? Is it... I would say it would be Benning right now, based okay. on merit. But yeah. yeah. Benning has not been a second pairing defenseman yet, so we're asking for some growth there. I think I can see growth in Benning, but that's a positive you're hoping for. It better happen, right? Uh, all of a sudden, I mean, Nurse, I think, played 22 minutes last year. I think he can play a second pairing role for me, uh, for the Oilers. I think he's, you know, he's got that in him. Uh, and now your third pair is Gravel and. You know, a, a mixture of several guys who gets the job, right? And and you know, I'm not. I'm going to be brutally honest with you, Brandon. I'm not overwhelmed by that defense. That's not a great defense. It's not in the top half of the league, frankly. So you need some guys to uh, exceed expectation. That's how you win. You need an Ethan Bear to play better than you thought he would. You need Darnell Nurse to take a bigger step than you hope he would. You need Oscar Clefbaum to play healthy and be even better than we thought he could be, right? You need guys to take some steps here. There's no question because they don't have a great-looking defense, and now the guys that are on it need to prove people like me wrong and say, hey, we're better than you think, and let's see it happen. Yeah, and I think that's, uh, you know... What a bunch of players on the Oilers roster are thinking right now after last season, it's let's uh, go out and uh, prove everyone wrong. So maybe they have a bit of a chip on their shoulder heading into the season, whereas last year they were saying, uh, okay, we, we made it we're good. Yeah, we're good. We're one game away from uh, yeah, no, conference sure. finals. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much truth there is in saying that, but I, I think at the very least you have a bunch of you know guys that are fired up and ready to go to start the season. They won't take anything for granted, at least out the gate. Yeah, I think that that you know everybody's trying hard, right? All thirty-one teams are are ready to play in, on opening night. But I think what you do see, what you will see in Edmonton, and I, I think I can almost guarantee this, is a group of guys whose pride uh, took a licking last year, you know, and a group of guys who spent the summer hearing questions like, man, what happened last year? And, man, you know, you didn't have the year last year you thought. Or guys who look at their stats and look at their value and go, you know what, I don't like my stats, and I don't like what happened to my value. And we're talking about 20 guys here. We're not talking about, you know, just three. So uh, what happens with that player is he comes back, and he's got something to prove. And he... You know, he has an intangible there. There's an intangible that that exists in that Oilers room uh, that will help this team have a sharper focus in October and November and December and into the dog days because a lot of guys had tough, you know, from January till now, wasn't easy on a lot of guys' pride. I can tell you that for sure. Absolutely. 12.45 in Edmonton. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about a player that told me on this show he was going to uh, blow the roof off the place uh, when he comes in uh, on a PTO. That's Scotty Upshaw. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we are also going to uh, talk about the Calgary Flames a little bit. Uh, I had Matt Larkin on the show earlier, and the hockey news has the Calgary Flames going to the conference final. So we'll talk to Speck about that. And Eric Carlson. Where is he going to end up, uh, and what happened with Vancouver? We don't know exactly what's going on there, but we'll talk to Mark about all of that on Oilers now, but first, a quick timeout. 
1250 in Edmonton, back here on Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich with you, Mark Spector in studio every Thursday during the summer on Oilers Now. Brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Celebrate the biggest day in Western Canadian racing, the 89th running of the Canadian Derby this Saturday at Northlands Park. All right, we talked about Jarabek a bit there, Speck. Uh, the Oilers also invited Scotty Upshaw to camp on a PTO, and this was uh, a new development since the last time we had you in studio. So we'll get your take on Upshaw, and what do you think he can bring if he makes the roster in training camp? Uh, that's a good question. I think there's uh, it, it all hinges on the older player. Uh, on if they can skate. Scotty Upshaw has made his living in this league. Uh, he's played a physical game. He's killed some penalties. And, you know, sure, the puck goes in once in a while. You're not bringing him along for his offense. It's about, um, you know, it's about an effective checker. It's about a, a veteran player that, that when maybe you lose a couple few in a row, has the kind of a presence that... that nobody panics around him. He's seen a lot of stuff. He's been a lot of places, right? All of those things he can still bring, for sure, as long as he can skate, right? If he can't skate, he can't play, and that's not just Scotty Upshaw. It's every guy. So that's what I will watch for when I see Scotty Upshaw in training camp, because if he can get there, he'll hit you. He'll be in on the forecheck. He'll turn pucks over. Uh, I've watched Scotty Upshaw in a lot of big playoff games be a really useful guy for St. Louis, uh, but he could always skate. Mm-hmm. So as long as he can still skate, he can play for my team. Well, he wants to bring that higher energy game, but you can only do that if you can Gotta skate. keep up. So, Got to skate. Yeah. So if you can't get, and, and it, the problem is, as every player gets a little bit older, you know, everyone ages, uh, the game gets faster. So the end comes quicker, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for a lot of guys, right? Because they're going one way and the game's going the other. Look at how fast it's gotten just in the last three or four years. Well, the one thing I like about Upshaw is pending his skating ability, which I think he'll be okay. Um, we'll see. Uh, but I like that he knows his role and uh, he plays his role effectively, whereas you look at the Oilers' bottom six wingers last year, Mark, a lot of those guys didn't play their roles at all. And now you have Upshaw coming in, trying to prove something on a PTO. A lot of those guys better step up as well if they want to earn a job, but at least you sort of know what you're going to get in Upshaw, whereas some of these other guys were hit. Or miss a lot of the games last season. Yeah, I think you know we always it's it's easy to pinpoint guys like Milan Lucic and Cam Talbot for what went wrong in Edmonton last year, and that's absolutely fair. They make the most money, they have the big roles, you know they get a big piece of the success pie, and they get a big piece of the pie when it goes the other direction. I get that, but what also went wrong last year were the role players and the depth players didn't get their jobs done either. Uh, I've said, talked about Matt Cassian, who was so effective two seasons ago, right? Zach. Excuse me. Uh, there's a relation between them, either. No, there, there isn't. No, yeah. no, that's my mistake. Uh, Zach Cassian, who was who, he turned games for the Oilers, right? With a big shorthanded goal, with a couple of big hits, with you know he's always a little close to being unhinged. You could never predict him. Mm-hmm. He can skate, right? He's got tons of skills. A first round pick. He was a really effective guy two years ago, and he wasn't last season. He didn't bring half of that to the game every night. So. Those guys have to pick it up, too. I think they will. I think Zach Cassian's due for a very good year. And uh, how about a fourth line with uh, Scotty Upshaw on one side, Cassian on the other, and uh, Kyle Brozak down the middle? It's not a bad-looking fourth line. Yeah, I really like Brozak and Upshaw together. I think that's two-thirds of a great fourth line if uh, Upshaw can keep up. Cassian's, he can play on my fourth line every day. 
so. every day with his foot speed and his size and his ability. Uh, I really. The other thing I think that uh, that people should know is I had a long talk with uh, Glenn Gulitson, of course the incoming assistant coach, and he had a really what he called a special relationship with Cassian uh, when uh, Gulitson was assistant coach in Vancouver. Hmm. They know each other very well. He in he didn't say this, but I'm paraphrasing. He he spent a lot of extra time with Cassian. He really helped him through a lot of things, and uh, those were sort of, remember Cassian in Vancouver, those were some dark years for him, and he's put his life together, and he's a new guy here. But I bet you having Gullison around and, and a comfortable coach like that uh, can only help, right? No, that's a great point, and yeah, yeah that's an interesting story as well. Um, so you think he makes the team, though? Like, give me well, a I, I don't. I'm not making that prediction. Okay. Well. I'm not making that prediction, man. I got to watch him play. I got to watch him skate. It's going to have to do with, you know, there might be two fourth line players here that are. There might be two, you know. I'm trying to think of guys. Jujar Kara might be so good. There's just no room for Scotty Upshaw on that line. Well, yeah, maybe Kara will push himself up the lineup. Maybe he does, and maybe yeah. he's on the third line. Yeah. But you know, let's face it. PTOs always run the same route, Brennan. You hope that your drafted players beat them out of the job. You hope your younger guys who need this playing time and experience are ready to keep keep that job. You know, the PTO guy tends to make the team when the guys that were already there, when he beats them out. So Scotty Upshaw's got to beat out some younger, faster guys, and I'm not saying he can't do it, but I'm not going to predict that he can until I watch him play. Yeah, that's fair. So we'll have to wait and see. With a lot of guys uh, on this Oilers roster, and uh, training camp is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, the start to the season for the Oilers will be a lot of fun as well as they uh, head overseas as well to start things out. So, Really, really. I mean, it's only one game overseas. so But they will likely have a larger roster, I would assume, when they kick off the season. Uh, I think that Bob was saying they might be able to expand their roster a little bit. So I'm not sure. I'm not that. sure how that works. I mean, you get 23 guys. Yeah. I don't see why Maybe they would. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Bob knows something I don't, but I don't see how. I mean, it's, they're not the first team to ever go to Europe and play a game. Oh, well, that's true. Yes. Right? Everybody does it. Uh, frankly, they're only playing one game there. I get it. They come home to the time zone. I think I'm going to say that Gothenburg to uh, Boston's probably a five-hour time zone flip. I'm going to say they go, what do they go, Boston for game two of their season. They go Rangers for game three of their season. Then they come back to Winnipeg. That's another hour. I think there's two days between those games from New York to Winnipeg, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then they come back to Edmonton. So what we've learned over all the many years of sending teams to Europe is to just take a team all the way to Sweden and then shoot them back to Edmonton isn't necessarily the answer. If you work them back through the time zones, everybody uh, handles it a little bit better. Yeah, maybe it's just the preseason or training camp roster. I don't know. We'll have to clarify with Bob uh, when he's back, but uh, we'll see uh, what the roster looks like when they do head overseas. All right. 12.57 in Edmonton, we need to take a timeout uh, for the 1 o'clock news update with Bob Layton. When we come back, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about uh, the Calgary Flames, Eric Carlson as well, and an interesting story and a TSN original documentary that uh, Rick West had put out uh, regarding former oiler Joe Murphy. And that is uh, very, very interesting and also a little bit sad as well. But we'll talk to uh, Mark about that after the 1 o'clock news with Bob Layton. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.